Hey, hey, it's Paving the Way, bringing you the Promote Yourself podcast, where our goal is to build positive communities through inspiring, uplifting, and promoting individuals to be their best selves by talking all things life, all things philosophy, and all things human. I'm your host, the Blasian Sensation, Trayvon Walker. And first and foremost, I want to say thank you for showing love and tuning in. I believe we're going to add some value to your life today. So at the end of the episode, make sure you hit the follow button and hit the notification bell so you never miss a beat when we drop an episode. Today's episode is a banger. So lock in, take notes, and be prepared to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Again, thank you for all the love. And we're going to give it right back to you. Enjoy the episode. Hey, hey, it is the Promote Yourself podcast brought to you by Paving the Way. I'm Trey Walker, your host. And again, today with me is Christopher Verano, the Chief Learning Officer of Paving the Way's Financial Learning Literacy Group. Um, so, Chris, welcome back. This is episode two, and it's I'm excited for what's going to keep coming, but it's already been good so far. Yeah, it has. Thanks for having me back. Really excited to do episode two. Uh, and hopefully we get some people that we can help out with this content. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, that is the basis for the podcast is just adding as much value to people as we can. And I think we got off to a good start with the last episode. So really encouraged and looking forward to, to keep that going with this episode. So uh, let's just go ahead and jump in. And I wanted to just first kind of preface it and let our listeners know that today, Chris and I decided that goal setting would be the focus of our, our conversation today. And we just thought about it and to really take off and even begin to shift your mindset in financial literacy, goal setting is going to be one of those key things at the very beginning that you need to have a strong grasp of. So uh, that's where we're going today. and. I'll just jump straight into it, Chris. So uh, as a chief learning officer specializing in financial education, what are the key principles and strategies you recommend for individuals uh, when they're setting financial goals? Yeah. So I think before you can even set strong financial goals, you need to have a good understanding of who you are, your values your current circumstances, and your future desired circumstances. Because goal setting is something that could be really difficult, especially if you don't know where you want to go. And a lot of times when it comes down to setting goals, we may set goals that are actually other people's goals that may have been placed in our minds or they may be standards or expectations of the world and society. And I think to an extent, we're all kind of guilty of wanting to have things because other people have them or wanting to have a certain income or a certain, um, certain material objects, like a nice house, nice car. And so that concept of keeping up with the Joneses is something that kind of need to squash that belief and frame of mind. And it's something that I've had to work on a lot uh, because it really prevents you from setting goals that are meaningful to you and are aligned with your values. So I think the main principle I think you need to understand is under understanding what are your life values. And once you know what those values are for you, then you can begin to map out 
where am I now and where do I want to go so that I can better align with those values and also hit those just general life goals that I, I want to get to. So if you have a goal of, you know, living or moving to somewhere that you've never been to before, or you're going to start a family or you're going to um, try to save a lot of money to purchase a house. These are things, if they are aligned with what you want, you then can begin setting goals that are going to help you achieve those long-term outcomes, but also can help you take baby steps right now to help you reach that. And so the goal setting process should be thorough in the sense that you're not just setting goals for the long-term outcomes and achievements you want to reach, but you're also setting goals for the short term. And it should be really important that when people set goals, you're trying to spark progress rather than spark or achieve the big trophy or the big long-term goal, like I said. Um, so I guess to kind of wrap up the answer to this question and summarize it, one, understand your values, understand what you want, where you want to go. And then two, Think about your goals on a long-term time frame in terms of, okay, 20, 30 years from now, I want to be able to do this. But then you have to be able to set goals for the present so that you can take those steps and have those building blocks to get to where you want to go. Okay. That that was well summarized at the end and definitely like a solid foundation for how to get started. And mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I don't want to keep repeating everything you said. Uh, I think you, I think you did that pretty well. But those key parts of, I think, comparison, looking left and right to see where everybody else is. Uh, obviously, we've seen like between so, just on social media alone, as an example, um, how that can really rob you of some of your joy and your focus, which should be on yourself and your specific financial situation. And I think it is another great point to highlight that to set yourself up for the future. Like obviously that encapsulates like goals right now. There's goals that need to be covered now, um, short-term, mid and long-term. But the probably the thing that resonated with me most was where you said sparking progress and not necessarily being so fixated on achieving that end goal right now. And so sparking progress to just take it kind of like a little personal situation uh, sparking progress for me looked like talking to other people who have similar financial educations or lack thereof really in particular and you know fast forward that and that becomes building a learning group to learn with other people who have that same uh, search for that knowledge and that competence so I think that's a key point for people to realize is just to spark the progress. And from there is, you know, starting to set goals and starting to be consistent um, mm -hmm. and move forward baby steps, like you said. Mm -hmm. Totally. And so then to move into our next question, uh, in your experience, what are some of those common challenges people start to face uh, when it comes to setting and achieving their financial goals and what are some ways that they can begin to overcome those challenges? Yeah. So one of the main, um, 
main challenges I think that people face is kind of what we already talked about is comparison um, and not knowing your values. Because if you don't know what you want or you're determining what you want based on other people, you're going to have a tough time setting a goal because your goal may not be lined up with your circumstances. So for example, if you're comparing yourself to other people who are making a lot more money than you are, and now you set this goal of, I want to be able to, you know, take a yacht out twice, twice a year and you're not making a whole lot, but your friends are, the people on social media are, it's going to be very hard to set a goal because you're not going to have confidence that you're going to be able to do it. Or maybe, maybe you do, but it's going to be very difficult for you to do that. Or you're going to have to get very creative. So let's then assume, okay, if we fast forward and now you get to a point where you do understand your values and you understand where you want to go, then it comes down to education and how you're actually going about setting goals. So from an educational standpoint, having the information that's going to allow you to use the tools that are going to work for your money is going to make it a lot easier for you to reach your goals. For example, if you know how to budget well and you know how to take uh, spend less than you earn, then you're ultimately going to end up with more money to be putting in other places, right? But that's just skill one. So you learn how to budget, now you have extra money, but now what do you do with this money? Do you save, does it stay in just your checking account? Do you put it in a savings account? Do you invest it? So having that knowledge and that education of what tools are out there to grow your money, to keep your money safe is really important because then you can figure out, all right, this this portion of my money is being used for this goal. This portion of my money is be, being used for that goal. So that education piece is really important. And then once you have that, that information on the tools and techniques um, that can be utilized through a, a variety of institutions such as banks, um, trading services, then you can move into setting the goals that are aligned with your, um, aligned with your values and your desired circumstances. Now you actually have the money there in place to use it. Now you just have to think about, okay, well, what am I going after? And then that comes that that becomes the cognitive um, goal setting technique that we would move into. And a very common goal setting framework is the SMART framework. And the SMART framework, for anyone who doesn't know, stands for goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. And it really is just a good framework for people setting goals that overall are realistic and specific. And when you're able to do that, you're able to make it very tangible of what you want to accomplish. Um, so I think once you're able to do that and can get all those three things lined up, having your values set, knowing your circumstances, having your education down, and then figuring out a plan to get there through those goals, that's where I think you can begin to overcome these challenges because then you have a plan. Then you're taking baby steps to, to get to where you want to go. Hopefully hopefully that made sense. Yeah, I, I think I'm understanding what you're saying. And I think... This is like, you know, this is talking about people that have decided 
to be active and to just take the step towards financial literacy to begin with. Because I obviously, I well, not obviously, but I think that in itself can be a, a challenge and an obstacle because as we've said before, like there's just so much to know, so much to learn. And so now you've stepped into this field and now we're talking about, all right, I need this um, uh, lineup of tools like and techniques to learn and to, to uh, be able to apply effectively within my own circumstance. And that's a whole endeavor in itself. And I think that the SMART goals framework, like you said, kind of just simplifies that again. And it brings it back to, again, like you said, what do I want? Like not like truly understanding what you want. And I think that plays well into tangibility because when I can really visualize what it is that I want, when I can visualize whatever that goal is, and that's not necessarily right uh, a new car, like I want a Tesla or I want a mansion or a yacht or whatever the case is. Um, like it may be something materialistic of that standpoint, but something just say financial security um, to be able to retire by the time I'm 50, um, to be able to do such and such for family members or for friends and whatnot. Um, that real tangible goal, I think, makes it all the easier to find, um, to establish that identity and then lay out smart goals from there. Mm-hmm. Is that along the lines of what you're thinking there and saying? Yeah. I think so. I think it's a, that's a good way to put it for sure. Um, Being able to define clearly what you want, I really think is a good way um, to frame it because once you know your values, as you're talking about and where you want to go, it's kind of like the smart goal is kind of like a story of how you plan on getting there. So something that we're talking about and we're going to be doing in the revamp is in module one, we're going to have people set, or week one of the module, we're going to have people set their financial goals and we're going to walk them through their SMART goals. And when they're doing that, we're going to have people determine how much they want to save or invest, how fast they want to do it, what's it going to be used for, and where is that money going to go? So for example, a a SMART goal could be um, in the next 10 years, I want to save $75,000 in a high-yield savings account so that I can use this to put down as a down payment on a house. And then the extension of that is I plan on doing this by contributing, I don't know what the exact math would be, but it'd probably be around contributing $1,500 a month into a high-yield savings account to get there. So there's that two, there's the, that, that's the power of the SMART goal is you know exactly how much you want to have uh, at that later time frame, you know, what it's going to be used for, when you want to accomplish it, and then where is it going to be growing or where is it going to be kept? And then once you know that final number in the time frame, then you can just do the division of X amount of dollars divided by number of total months and then you can figure out the monthly contribution or if you want to do a yearly contribution or a bi-weekly contribution uh to reach that goal that's another way to do it and i think that's the real power in it because now you lay down a plan to reach that goal like let's say it's for some people fifty thousand dollars may be a lot 
First, other people, five million may be a lot, and fifty thousand sounds like nothing. So, depending on your situation, regardless of how of what the number is, having confidence in that you can take the steps to get there is really, really important. Because otherwise, ha- not having that clarity of what steps you need to take biweekly or monthly, you're probably going to deviate from that goal somehow. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what I was thinking was um, the power specifically of the specificity, specifically, anywho, um, because it, like you said, it gives a plan already that like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a great uh, amount of detail, a great degree of detail, like that in itself are, you've got the key points, 10 years, $75,000, Uh, for a down payment on a house. And because if it is kind of just a looser goal, like I want to save $75,000. All right. And you said the, uh, the, and the savings account, it's just like that leaves so much room for, I guess, margin for error or just for flexibility. And when there's too much flexibility and there's not real structure to a plan, it could easily fall apart. Um, And, that's especially when inconsistency has a way of challenging right. people. I've been there. Um, just whether it's the gym or it's saving uh, a set amount every month, any of those times where you can justify not doing it for a given month can quickly undermine whatever ultimate goal was down there, which you might not even have because it was just such a uh, vague goal to begin with. Yeah, so, totally. Um, so now, since we can address, we've addressed, we've addressed what it is to set the smart goals and achievable goals and to set out a plan for yourself. There's another challenge that I think many people face and almost feels like it makes it rougher. And that's for those who have like variable incomes or irregular cash flows, what kind of strategies can they use to like to set and adopt their financial goals according to that situation? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think uh, I think most people have been in that circumstance. I can say for myself, like in college, as a college student, I've been that way, both in undergrad and grad school, been working like those small jobs um, or working one job that pays really low and then maybe you have a side job that like you work some out, some weeks you work 10 hours, some days, some weeks you do 20. You're like, I don't really know what my income is. I don't have a salary. So yeah, it can be difficult. So let's just, maybe it'd be better to walk through this with an example. Um, let's say you're a student, you work eight months out of the year and your income varies and it's really low. Let's say, you may you take home say like twelve hundred dollars, right? And your expenses vary from a thousand to fifteen hundred, right? So some months you're in the positive, right? Some months your income is higher than your expenses, other months your expenses are way higher than your income. And I've been that like that has been me. So it's really difficult. And this is where and I just wrote this down is it really is important that you balance accountability and flexibility. 
And so the accountability is why we set goals. We set goals so that we're taking, that we make sure that we're taking action towards said goal. But in these circumstances where it's, it's just not realistic for you to achieve your goal right now, you can't put away $500 a month to reach your goal, then you have to find a way to change your goal, postpone your goal, and maybe refine your goal for now. So let's go back to that example. Let's say one month, um, this person um, is a net positive $200, right? But knows the next month, they're not going to, they're sorry, then the next month they know their expenses are going to be super high and they're going to be down 500, meaning they're going to have $500 more of expenses than their income. Then it doesn't make sense for that person to throw that extra $200 to invest if they're just going to have to take that money out. So I think, I, I really think the most important strategy is to know your habits and so if you're one of these people who has variable income or inconsistent income or low income, your main focus should be budgeting and making realistic budget, budgets for yourself, understanding what your current spending habits are, knowing where you absolutely need to be spending mon money each month, where you like to be spending money each month, and, and what are the things you're spending money on that you you really don't need, it's not bringing you that much joy because that's the fat that you can trim. So budgeting, I think is number one. And then once you, once you have a good um, tracking of how you're spending your money, then you can start getting creative because then you could start looking at coupons. You could start looking at discounts. You could be using apps like Rocket Money that are going to help you uh, maybe find better deals on subscriptions that you're paying for. So that budgeting and understanding how you can lower your expenses each month can be really powerful because it sets you up in the future for having good habits and understanding um, where your money is going. And I think a lot of people, and I know this for myself, is a lot of times like we don't want to look at our bank accounts because we may be afraid, oh God, how much is actually left? Like if you had a, a fun night out, you're like, I can't check that statement. Like, I don't want to know. But by doing that, you give a lot more power to your money and you, you lose a lot of power from, um, you, you give power to your money and you lose power from, of understanding how you're spending. Um, and again, that's, that's where the goal setting can come in. And you may have to be adjusting. So if you're one of these people, instead of setting these lofty goals of, you know, putting away $200 a month, maybe your goal is to trim down $10 a month of your expenses. And then in the meantime, what you should be doing is, if possible, look for other ways to increase your income. Because at a basic level, we all have, we all have financial needs. Like we all are, to some extent, are going to be paying for rent, transportation, food, utilities, even if you're living um, with parents or family, you're going to have some regular expenses. So you need to find ways to increase your income if possible. And that's why, you know, professional development is also really important because to a certain extent, you do need more money. Um, but you should be doing that because of your own circumstances and wanting to improve yourself, not because you're trying to keep up with others. So I hope that, hope that made sense. 
No, that was awesome. You did a great job of laying it out step by step and how you move from one phase and transition into the next. And I think the point about, you know, starting with just tracking your habits, having a really strong grasp and understanding of your spending habits, because that will then allow you to understand more of needs versus wants. And I know that was something that was uh, taught to me really early on as, as, a, as a child and young adult, but was still something I had struggled with so much um, because of just wanting, just having wants that uh, overpowered some other needs. And I kind of let say like, oh, well, I can go, I can go hungry tonight for this video game or whatever the case is. And like, you know, that's just a bad example, but um, just understanding those habits and then practicing budgeting, because it's, it's hard to say that there's a wrong way to go about budgeting um, as long as you're being reasonable for your circumstances. And as you said, just transitioning from knowing habits, knowing what you need versus what you like, budgeting, and then getting to the creative part afterwards. And you're starting to look, how can I free up some other money, whether it's Rocket Mortgage, which has been uh, definitely helpful for me to do exactly what you said. And I may not want to check my account manually sometimes, but Rocket Money will throw it in my face anyway. Hey, your spending is 58% higher than it was last week. Mm -hmm. um, and I like what you said about how that gives power to your money as opposed to yourself, almost mm -hmm. making it seem like it's out of your hands, out of your control, when we know that that obviously isn't the case. Mm -hmm. So I think I think you hit on some like a, a number of key points there. Um, and if you had anything else to, to wrap up that response, I wanted to let you go before we go to the next question, the last question. Yeah. Well, it's, um, what I was going to say is I think there's a lot of power in tracking every single expense. And I think this is a really good exercise that I've been doing. I'm actually going to stop doing it, but I've done, done it for the past three months. Inputted every single expense into a spreadsheet um, that a member of Paving the Way gave to us. And it's really interesting. It's like <laughs> from I, I did July. August, September, July and August, I spent within the, within $3 of the same, like it was like, I don't know, it was between three and $10 difference for July and August. And then September, I ended up spending like another hundred. Um, but you really gain insight into how you're spending. And it almost becomes more effective to look at how you're spending as a whole, instead of setting numbers for categories, not to say you shouldn't be setting, you know, restrictions on categories, but when you know and understand, you know, I just spent $50 on gas. I spent 20 here on, on an Uber or, you know, a hundred dollars at the grocery store. And you like, that's going through your mind. And it, obviously it can become an obsession, which is the bad part of doing it, but it also gives you a lot of awareness of how you should be making decisions and it gives you a little bit more insight into okay you know i want to really order you know pizza tonight but you know i already have groceries at home so that's when you get more of an awareness of a want and a need and that's where i think it can be really powerful and i think 
that kind of that really that really hit it home for me is seeing it actually it's so i don't know if if anyone's ever told you this my my dad i think it was my dad told me to keep cash in my wallet and spend that first and because i i almost never keep cash in my wallet because i've always got my card but his reasoning behind it is that then you're actually seeing the money leave your account, so to speak, your hands, your pocket. Um, and it it's just in your face. You're noticing it as opposed to just doing a swipe where you see the numbers, but you know, they're kind they're imaginary, so to speak, you know. Yeah. But inputting every single transaction every day for three months really is that eye opener of like this is real. This is real money leaving my account. This is these numbers add up really quickly because if I understand like in the spreadsheet, like it shows you, it'll total mm-hmm. it out for you, your net gain or loss yeah. for the month. So mm-hmm. seeing those numbers makes it really like actually real. And I yeah. think doing the opposite of that, like running away, not checking your bank mm-hmm. account every, but once every week um, is actually going to push you further away from mm-hmm. being more accountable and being more disciplined than if you were to see it every single day. So I think yeah. that's a great point you made. Yeah. And as a disclaimer, it's a lot of work and it doesn't really reward yourself immediately. If anything, you're going to feel really stressed out. You're going to be like, oh my God, I spent a lot. But the benefit is it motivates you to change. And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a gym. And I almost want to go out on that one just because that was, I thought that was a powerful one. Uh, but, you know, let's, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and answer one more question. And that is how should individuals approach adjusting their financial goals to align with changing circumstances or opportunities? Obviously we talked about um, variable incomes and circumstances in the previous question. So with that being the case, how do people adjust themselves to that? Yeah. Well, I think ultimately the frame in which you should be looking at the change should ultimately come down to your budget. And when I mean budget, I mean, I really mean like the ratio of your income to expenses. So if you know you're going to be spending a lot more um, in the next year, because I'll I'll just give myself as an example, because like I'm literally going through this right now. Um, I've gone through a wave of changes financially. Um, The past three months, I've spent virtually nothing. I've spent some, but like very low but also had a little bit of income, didn't have a whole lot. I had more income to expenses, um, but the ratio was small. Now I'm going into a phase where I'm starting a new job and um, my I haven't gotten paid yet, but I've had a ton of expenses before my first paycheck. Um, a lot of unforeseen expenses, but I know my, my income is going to go way up. So if you're kind of riding these highs and lows of, you know, Lots of expenses here, um, 
but you know, eventually you're going to get paid well and it's it going to kind of balance itself out. So I think when you're going through, um, you know, these ebbs and flows, again, go back to your initial goals, understand what your values are and see what needs to change based on your, your current circumstances. But also you can anticipate your future circumstances too. Um, so, you know, if you have a long-term goal of being able to save $50,000 in five years and you have a bad month, you may not necessarily need to change how much you're putting away month to month. Maybe this month you just put away a little less. Um, so I think you need to have, when, when circumstances change, you have to be able to foresee the future. You have to be able to anticipate what's going to be going on. And an exercise I like to do is I like to project my spending for months to come because it gives me an idea of how am I going to adjust my goals. So if I know I'm going to have two very expensive months, it may change how I'm going to maybe save that month or invest that month. But over the long term, I can keep my same goal. But if something really big happens, like let's say you lose your job or you uh, maybe you lose, um, I don't know, maybe you have a lot of medical expenses that are coming up and you know it's going to be thousands on thousands of dollars, you may have to drastically change your goals. You may have to go back to the drawing board. And there's obviously tragedies happen and some seriously negative circumstances are going to come your way. But I guess more on like a philosophical note, those are opportunities for you to get stronger and understand your values even more. And you know, we're talking about financial literacy so that people can can live their best lives and get to where they want to go. But financial literacy doesn't have to mean immense wealth. It could mean being able to prepare for unforeseen circumstances and still get by or still be able to take a yearly vacation. So like ultimately, I think it really does come down to your values on what you believe is the right thing for you to do and a, a firm grasp of your current circumstances. And then in the future, thinking about what are best case, best case scenarios, moderately good case scenarios, and then the absolute worst. Then how do you build a plan around that as best as you can so that you could hopefully have the best of everything, right? You could still put money away for fun, but you also have um, plenty of support in emergencies. And I think that's how you need to, how we are trying to go about helping people set goals. And that's something that in our financial literacy group, we're making sure that people are covering their bases, that people have money aside for emergency funds, that people have money to spend on unforeseen expenses, but also have money that they can spend on fun activities or fun trips. Um, but the adjustment part is a, it is tough because you can't prepare or you can't see what's going to happen in the future. But if you can plan for worst case scenarios um, so that you don't have to always be thinking or worrying about what would happen if this did happen and know you have a support system or a backing or you have an extra fund here, then you give yourself a little bit of flexibility and you can still, to an extent, be accountable towards those longer term, more positive goals. Yeah, I think, first of all, I think it's really well prepared of you 
And I mean, it just stands to reason now, knowing the guy you are, to be months ahead prepared for uh, income and expenses. And that is something that, you know, personally, I, sh I need to work on is looking beyond just the paycheck to paycheck to week to week, month to month, um, because that smaller frame of thinking makes it harder to anticipate those changes, those unforeseen expenses, um, and those kind of like sharp left turns out of nowhere. So I think, I think that's really key. And just to summarize what we've talked about today, I think some of the key points we've touched on were just kind of, for one, having an identity, understanding yourself and your values, what it is you want out of life, what, what it is that you consider um, a financially literate life, a financially um, stable kind of life. Like you said, it's not necessarily uh, having immense wealth. So determining what that is for you, sparking progress with SMART goals, understanding your spending habits and your tracking and learning to adapt and anticipate uh, future circumstances and situations. So mm -hmm. uh, did you, were there anything, anything else you think to add there? Any, any last thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that was very well summarized. I think uh, a last thing I want to add, and this is something that we talk about in the course, obviously, but, Really understanding your income to expenses does give you so much insight into what uh, is going on with both your financial habits, but just general habits in general, where you're spending time. And if you can manipulate, if you manipulate that equation a little bit of income to expenses, um, you know, life can change for you very drastically. Um and I guess the last thing I'll say is that's exactly what wealth is. Wealth is really relative because, for example, two people can have the same monthly income. But the person that has, let's say two people make $20,000 a month take home. One person, their expenses are 19000 So their net is 1000 take home. While the other person still makes twenty thousand dollars a month, but their expenses are five thousand, they take home they they net fifteen thousand. So being able to regulate your expenses as much as you can, regulate your spending, and being smart with how your money is leaving is really what it's all about. And that's how you can that I think that's the way you can really understand someone's financial health is not strictly on how you're spending money or how much you're making. It's the difference between the two. No, that's great. And last thing just to, to close us out is a lot of this stuff is within the realm of our control. And obviously, as we said, there are things that you can't control. There are things in the future that will come along, life will throw you some curveballs, and you can't control what happens, but you can control being prepared for that. You can control your reactions and ability to adapt to that. And even well before then, you can control getting started. You can control um, 
staying with it, being consistent as possible, um, and setting yourself up for success through consistency and discipline. So I just wanted to leave us with that because really, guys, it is entirely possible for us all to be financially literate and lead whatever life it is that we see fitting for us uh, with just that discipline, that accountability, um, and the desire to actually put in that work. So be empowered by that. And I hope you guys got some value out of today's episode. Chris, I just really want to thank you for joining today. And other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning in today. Stay tuned for the next episode. We will be back with you soon. So in the meantime, have a good one.